Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. <laughs> How good is it to be alive and all aboard? All aboard. Welcome. We've got the dining cart. Enjoy that. Well, I wish I was never born and I'll see you on the poop deck. <laughs> Off is the train? It, you're throwing a, a few out there, possible catchphrases. I think they could all work. <laughs> oh, we're on a train. Oh, okay. oh no, no! Can you say all aboard to a boat? Yeah, to, uh, tugboats can toot toot for sure. Oh, fuck, I love a tugboat. You love a tugboat. They can tug tug as well. <laughs> They're so cute and powerful, like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see yourself in a tugboat. <laughs> you are tugboats personified. I don't couldn't think of any bigger tugger than you. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> Captain Tug. <laughs> you love a tug. Uh, the bigger, the better, as well. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Dave, how does this show work? I'll absolutely uh, explain that to you right now. Thank you. What we do is we take it in turns to report on a topic here, often suggested, but not always, to us by one of the listeners. We go away, do a little bit of research, and then bring it back to the others 
in the form of a witty report. <laughs> a witty report? <laughs> witty report, absolutely. I thought the wit came from the listeners. No, no. And then the other two people, they're witless. They sit there, they listen <laughs> as the witty reporter yep. gives their witty repartee yep. in the reportee to the reporters. <laughs> That's right. If it makes sense. And then, uh, yeah, basically we find out about a new topic. And Matt, it's your turn this week to tell us all about something new. And we always start with a question, I should say. That's right. And my question is, what am I? A man. Okay. A a dickhead. There's more info, but you've buzzed in early. Okay. Okay. Is she buzzed out now, locked out? Oh, I see. What am I? And then you're going to give clues. It's not about you. Yeah, I'm basically. Oh, I see. I'm just going to read a blurb from. uh, (laughs) Can I also have a from Britannica? I'll have a go, and then we'll be back on info. Yep. So just to clarify, though, I've said a man and a dickhead. And you didn't say anything yet. Didn't say that. What am I? Yes. Mount Everest. I'm a small evergreen plant of the mint family, the leaves of which are used to flavor foods. Mint. <laughs> parsley. Oh, you meant- I don't know. Means probably- parsley is probably not the same family. Native to the Mediterranean region, I've been naturalized throughout much of Europe and widely grown in gardens in warm climates. Basil. The leaves. <laughs> you're. I mean, you're in the ballpark. The leaves are pungent. Are we? With a slightly bitter taste. <laughs> I should say my leaves are pungent. <laughs> with a slightly bitter taste and dried or fresh are generally used to season foods, particularly lamb. Rosemary. Correct. I was thinking rosemary for a while and I thought if he says lamb, it's rosemary. And then you said lamb. Yep. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I think it might be rosemary. Oh, my God. I am strapped in for the report on history of rosemary. <laughs> history of rosemary. Well, this is a very particular. This is. I was trying to. I think that's. What I'm like. Why am I saying particular? It was so weird because I was also trying to say specific. Spatic- My brain like works it. in particular ways. I love that as a word. Okay, bring it in. Spaticular. Spaticular. Mm. Uh, well, particularly this week, I'm talking about Rosemary Isabel Dickerson, who so was the, born. Oh, it's a person, not a type of rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't- I never heard of her, so I, I assumed- oh, it, Can I, we have the name one more time? Rosemary Isabel Dickerson. Mm. Dickerson. More commonly known as Rosemary Brown, as she marries later. Right. Okay. That's Spoilers. a real downgrade from Dickerson to Isn't Brown. Yeah. Come on. Rosemary Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, will you be talking about the herb, Rosemary, no, again? No, the herb. Oh, okay. Do you have any herb? Do you want to get I just Rosemary's probably one of my favourites, that's all. Right. I just thought that was, you know, right. garlic, okay. rosemary, onto the, potatoes, heaven. The, oh, the yeah, most fantastic. controversial, though, is the coriander, which is what I thought yes. we were maybe moving towards, and how do we feel about that? Hate the three it. of us here was one hater. I'm a, I'm a neutral. I'm a neutral. Oh, I didn't know people were neutral. And I'm pro- yeah, I'm pro. I'm a wow. big lover. Okay, Coriander yeah, lover, like they it. call me. You know, we're the full spectrum. Yeah. Wow. All three stages of the spectrum. <laughs> I think in so many ways we represent- a spectrum. Yeah. Look at the diversity in this room. That's true. <laughs> when it comes to coriander, that cannot be denied. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rosemary Isabel Dickerson was born on the 27th of July, 1916 in Stockwell, southwest London. She was the daughter of an electrician and a catering manager. They same lived- person or parents? Yeah, I was thinking the same. Oh, no, yeah, no, sorry. Father was electrician, mother was right. a catering And what manager. year was this, sorry? 1916. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, I was hoping that there was a real moonlighting situation going on yeah. here. I was wondering, was the catering or the electrician at night? And I just, I assume that because back in the day, as soon as women were married, they didn't work anymore. Uh, so that's why I was like, oh, mum's working. Okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're catering to your husband's needs. That's right. <laughs> 
That's what Dave says at home. <laughs> and it does not go down well. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was being ironic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a feminist. You're a coward as well, Dave. <laughs> yes. Stick to your guns. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm terrified of my own home. <laughs> so they lived... Uh, above a dance hall, and young Rosemary won many youth dance contests. That's really convenient. Yeah, just pop pop downstairs. Yeah, win a win a trophy. <laughs> pop back upstairs. Go put on bed. the shelf. <laughs> go do it. So it's not ideal to live above a dance hall. Probably not. In terms of the noise, you think, yeah, especially the true. tap dancing concert that'll keep you up all night. <laughs> and then she's practicing upstairs, oh, and they're downstairs going, "Come on, Shut we're up. trying to sleep down here." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how she got so good. Yeah. Well, they were sleeping. She was dancing. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just realising now you have no idea what this is about. No. no. And obviously you're probably thinking this is going to be about a dance prodigy. Maybe. Yes. Well, you're wrong because her life took a strange turn <gasps> when she was seven. She was in her parents' bedroom when a strange man with long white hair visited. He seemed to appear out of nowhere. Santa? <laughs> His hair isn't long, you idiot. His beard is, but his hair is always kept to a just above the shoulders length. What do you think? Oh, do you know what anything? Do you think be- beards are made out of just. <laughs> <laughs> but when you describe someone, they had long hair, beard, or on their head. <laughs> Which one? Where was the hair? Arm hair. Ears? Which hair? How long was the chest hair? Just give us a length. We talking pubis? <laughs> Why could you say that? Uh, Rosemary didn't recognise him, but he had a message for her. He told her he would return to make her famous one day when she was older. It was all very mysterious, and then as quickly as he appeared, he was gone, as if he'd vanished. What the heck? While dancing was her passion, when she left school at the age of 15, her dad didn't think there was a future in it, and instead got her a job at the post office. He's like, <laughs> you may not dance. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, can, you will post. You can dance all the way to work, yeah. which is across the street. But so also, not very much. don't dance to work. You'll look like a crazy yeah, person. It's really weird. We're going to move- to live above the post office yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in a commute. <laughs> Two years after that, she saw a photo of a man with long white hair. She immediately recognised him as the man who visited her 10 years prior. She's like, oh, my God, that's the guy. Oh, my God. And she was uh, looking at a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him before. <laughs> it was a Coke ad. <laughs> Christmas Coke. So, who was this mystery man? Well, the photo was of Hungarian piano virtuoso and composer Franz Liszt. The only problem was when Rosemary was visited by him, he'd already been dead for 37 <gasps> years. What? Can I quickly check the uh, pronunciation there, Dave, or Jess? Franz List? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we cannot see it written down. Yeah. Oh, you've not, you've not heard of him? No. Franz List? No. No. Well, I'm probably saying it wrong because I think he's a famous one. That doesn't mean that Dave and I will know him. Oh, that's true. So, a famous Hungarian composer. I did play piano for a while. But it was a lot of da 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 da. And you called it piani. Piani. <laughs> I play the piani. I play the piani. <laughs> and was that a list classic? Da, 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 I think da, so. Da, da, da. <laughs> I don't know. So that's all right. Rosemary had a visit from the ghosts of legendary composer Franz Liszt. <laughs> as time went on, Rosemary connected with more spirits. She was a medium, as it turned out, and as such, was able to communicate with the other side. When asked about her ability in an interview uh, many years later with Newsweek, she replied, I've always had the ability ever since I can remember. 
I see and hear people who are thought of as dead. Sometimes these communications would even save her life. According to Ian Parrott, writing for The Guardian. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great name. Ian Parrott. Ian I Parrott. love it. Also imagine a parrot named Ian. <laughs> That'd be fun too. <laughs> Ian? <laughs> it says his own name. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to uh, the good boy Ian Parrott, <laughs> during a wartime blackout in May 1940, she claimed that she heeded a voice advising her to avoid Balham High Road on her way home from work, and which was just up the stairs. And so, she <laughs> escaped a bombing raid that killed hundreds. Whoa. Oh, a, a and that's War the II. normal route she would have taken. Yes. But a voice said, don't go there. Wow. Yeah, I find that interesting as well because you think of ghosts as being from the past, but it, apparently when they cross over, they can potentially tell the future as well. Or maybe they'd just seen the plan. I guess that's all it would have been. Right. They've read the script. They've read the- Yeah, they've, they were, maybe they were also haunting the bombers- and they'd looked at the plans. Mm. Sorry, I answered my own question there. <laughs> but pretty handy, pretty handy skill having people just letting you know, don't go there. Yeah. Go this way. Like you had that on your Jeep. It's basically early days GPS. Mm. Yeah. Then you rode here today mm-hmm. and it took you- Took me on a different route. A different route. It takes me on the same route every single time, and it took me on a different one today. So maybe we'll read in the news oh later God. that something happened along that route. Yeah, imagine because it took me on a weird. I was down like dirt paths at one point, and I'm like, I'm on a bike, like not a fancy one. Um, penny farthing. Penny farthing. Uh, that's how I like to get to work quickly and up high. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it took me like through a, a farm and it was <laughs> baffling. How is that possible? I, yeah, from your place to here, it doesn't seem like there should be a farm. And I don't know if it was a like a hobby farm, 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 farm. It was more like more like one of the like a little like commu- the like Collingwood a, Children's yeah, Farm. That sort of vibe, oh. but it wasn't Collingwood Children's Farm. Right. I'll look it up later. Okay. Um, but I yeah, reckon you-, you went through a, some sort of. Time portal. Yeah, yeah I think to, I did. To avoid the blitz of Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. So we haven't heard of yet, but we will. We will shortly. Yeah. Anyway, Parrot continues. Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> Three years later, she contracted polio, but overcame it. And in 1948, at the age of 32, started taking piano lessons. Though these only lasted about a year. In 1952, she married Charles Brown, Charlie Brown, taking his name to become Rosemary Brown. Which is what she is better known as Seems today. Like she was born in 16. Got married when? 50. 1952. How old is she, Dave? Well, 36. That's old for mm. back then. <laughs> yeah, she's practically dead. Now I think completely fine, you know. Yeah, like it's great to learn who you are. Yes. Grow within yourself. Uh-huh. You know, meet a partner whenever is right for you. Yeah, Dave married young, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I married too young. young. At 31, absolutely. How could you be sure <laughs> at that age? I was chatting to a friend the other day and her husband's brother just got married very recently and I was like, how old are they? They're young, aren't they? And she's like, yeah, they're both 25. And I was like, oh, babies. Yeah. And then she's like, my husband was 25 when we got married. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that, of course. Yes, I remember you marrying a baby. I was like, you married a child. Weird. You it married w- a child. It was weird then and it's weird now. <laughs> Yeah, that's just that's like our parents' generation oh, totally. getting married. They did it in their twenties, but yeah, it does seem young now. Oh my god, yeah. But that's just because we're babies. Yeah, <laughs> who refuse to grow up. That's right. Um, A couple of Peter Pans over here. Not Dave. Dave's grown up. That's Dave's right. our dad. <laughs> good. I'm proud of you both. <laughs> yes. 
You leapt past us, didn't you, Dave? You used to be the young one. Now you're the old man. Now you're a silver fox. Yes, I'm an old wise man <laughs> haunting people with my long grey beard. <laughs> Which is what you call your pubes. Yeah. They're my dick beard. God, they're long. <laughs> dick beard. <laughs> anyway, please continue. So, yes, you, she overcame polio, started taking piano lessons, then got married. And this all happened in her 30s. Now she's Rosemary Brown. Uh, Charles Brown was a government scientist who apparently had once worked as a gardener for King Farouk of Egypt. Whoa. Just a fun little fact there. What a resume. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. What a catch. Yeah. Well done, it. Rosemary. Yes. <laughs> Together they had two children, Thomas and Georgina. She's having kids in her late 30s? Oh, tell you what. Is that possible? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's geriatric pregnancies, yeah. and that is honestly- is that- We need to change the, the terminology there. That is offensive. Oh, they actually, that's what no, they're actually- 35 is a geriatric pregnancy. Huh. There you go. Um, which I would say is like a lot of them now, probably. Yeah. If you- I th- And I'm pretty sure it's like if you are 34 when you first fall pregnant, and then during your pregnancy you turn 35, all of a sudden you have more doctor's appointments because oh. now it's geriatric. Yeah, that makes sense. It's baffling stuff. <laughs> it's all about, yeah, the calendar, the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> That's right. Babies know. <laughs> 35, get that mother a walking stick. <laughs> bed rest. Bed rest for the next six months. <laughs> Sadly, the marriage only lasted nine years as Charles passed away in 1961. The same year her mother passed away. Her father had died a few years prior, so she lost- Everyone close to her, apart from her two kids, uh, in a pretty short period of time. And with all these people close to her dying, she was further drawn into the world of spiritualism. She was already kind of connected to. She had a natural gift for it, I guess. And it was quite popular back then, apparently. Right. Um, through the 1800s especially, but it had a few Renaissance periods in the 1900s as well. According to Britannica- I never knew what spiritualism meant, so I thought maybe uh, this will help. A core belief of spiritualism is that individuals survive the deaths of their bodies by ascending into a spirit existence. Communion with the spiritual world is both possible and desirable, and spiritual healing is the natural result of such communication. So, I get they, they just believe that there's a- you know, there's a, a spirit world. You, yeah, yeah, it's a, like an afterlife. You might not physically be here. Your body might not be- alive anymore but your spirit still is yes. in some capacity. So I guess that's why she used that weird phrase before of what many people think of as dead. Mm. Which is like to me. Not dead. Yeah, well, it's just a different kind of life. Yeah. And I'm loving it. I fully want to believe all this. Totally. I think it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like the, the people formerly known as living. Yeah. Yeah. They move to a different space. If you're, if you're pregnant in that space, <laughs> so many appointments. <laughs> 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 oh my god, you've had a geriatric death. <laughs> oh my god. I mean that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, dying over thirty-five. <laughs> I'd love to make it to thirty-five. And then we'll see. <laughs> so she was now the main well the only breadwinner for her family, obviously, and she was working as a school dinner lady uh to support the family, sort of just scraping together a living to make ends meet. Unfortunately, while working one day, she was injured in the school kitchen and had a lengthy recovery. During that period, she started playing the piano again. But it was different this time. Now she felt an extra presence, as if her hands had been taken over and guided by someone. (laughs) Incredible. Someone who really knew what they were doing. (laughs) That's right. This is when Liszt finally came good on his promise to return, 40 years after their initial meeting. He was using her as a medium to write new music. And this is how 
he was going to make her famous. Whoa. Her hands were possessed. Yeah. That is incredible. That's awesome. By Franz Liszt. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're going to be possessed, right? Yeah. I don't I don't think I want somebody, like, scaring me and banging drawers and, um, you know, going mm. to the boo <laughs> watching me in the shower. Yeah, think, yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing I think. You stay over there, drawing the curtain shut, having a little ghost tug. Stop looking at me. Um, but if they're going to, like, make you really skilled at something mm. that you already seem to enjoy and, uh, you know- like writing new music but through. Do you think you come to an agreement where, like, sort of like fr- you've got Franz time and then you've got Brown time? Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, like, it's like, all right, we'll do the piano over here, but then I want to feed myself. Right. I want to look after myself. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I don't give want- me my hands. Yeah. Back. Exactly. I think it's just the piano. It's just the piano. Like, yeah. okay, so we clock we clock off at five, and then my hands, they are my own. To quote from Jewel. <laughs> you know yeah. Is that what the song's about? They're small. I know. Yeah. Um, but they're not yours. Well, they're not yours. They France. are my own. Yeah, that's yeah. That's actually what Jewel was singing about. Unders- I get it oh, now. I've yeah. wondered for twenty five years. I love when you figure out what those songs yeah. are about. Ah, that's yeah, what it, is. it, it was so about the, the moment that Rosemary set some boundaries with yeah. Franz Liszt. It's important. It's important <laughs> yeah. in any working relationship to have boundaries. <laughs> Stuart Jeffries. Stop the- turning up at my door. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Stuart Jeffries for The Guardian wrote, As she sat at her piano, Brown said she became aware of her hands being taken over for a few bars and then, at Liszt's instruction, she wrote down the notes. It was hard work at first. Though she'd had some beginner's piano lessons, she was a fair way off pro-pianist pace. (laughs) Great sentence. She wasn't really a big fan of music either, apparently. According to Douglas Martin, writing for the New York Times, there was no record player or radio in her home. She didn't even have a piano. (laughs) (laughs) And she said she never went to concerts. Uh, she did have a piano, Dave. Okay. That would have made- Otherwise, this story would be ridiculous. Why is she taking piano lessons in the first place years ago um, if she doesn't like music? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. There's some differing tellings of the story. Like yeah. some say she obviously liked music. Yeah. She liked playing it. But, yeah, it's funny that Douglas Martin, who wrote her obituary in the New York Times, was he was sort of- he didn't take her very seriously. Mm. She later told Ian Parrott, uh, himself a prolific composer, it could be a laborious process getting it onto paper, but she gradually became more adept at taking dictation from the dead composers. And that's right. Composers. Composers. <gasps> oh, my gosh. List was just the first. Oh, my goodness. Many more would visit to lay down some new tracks. <laughs> Great, and they could pick anyone, and they've chosen someone with no classical training who doesn't have a great ear for music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She doesn't have an ear for music, but this is this is the point. She's unfettered. Mm. She doesn't have any baggage. No bias. She's not going to be fighting against their yes. what they want her to do. She's the she's perfect the, puppet. She's just a vessel, right? She knows the she can do the very basics, but she's she's just letting the music flow through her. Um, and who's getting credit for this? These writings. Well, she gives it to them. No way. I'd be doing a 50 50 split. Yeah, I think it's a collab, right? Oh, yeah. There's definitely a a feat. How are the ghosts going to prove they wrote it through her? Yeah. Know what I mean? Good luck. If I'm Rosemary, I am zipping the lips. (laughs) 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 And I am taking that all the way to the bank. That's why they're going to take it to court Marvin Gaye style. It's not going to stack up. It's not going to stack up. Keep those checks. Yeah. 
Oh. Haunt me all you like. Watch me in the shower. I don't care. Yeah. I'm a bajillionaire now. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone's buying classical music. Yeah. Back like then, it's just music. I'm so rich. My sh- I'm so rich. My showers are golden. Okay. And I'm having a great time in here. Watch all you like. I like it. Watch me have a golden shower. I, I dare wait. you. I cannot wait for the I'm actually there. <laughs> As Martin wrote, Liszt arranged for the other composers to come, acting like sort of a reception desk. (laughs) They took different approaches. Chopin told her what notes to play and pushed her fingers down on the right keys. Beethoven and Bach liked her to sit at a table and take dictation with a pencil, whereas Schubert, Schubert, Schubert tried to sing his compositions, but according to her, he hasn't a very good voice. Cop that, Schubert. (laughs) So, he's trying to sing it. But she has to have a good enough ear to know what note that is. Yeah. Or does she just write it down? La, 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 la. <laughs> like, I'll get it. Smurf theme? <laughs> I mean, it's a, great, it's a great theme. It's a great theme. Gargamel. <laughs> He's not wrong. It is a great theme. Uh, according to Jeffries, there are others like Mozart, Rachmaninoff, Brahms, and Grieg, who also dictated new music to Brown. You'd recognize some of these names, if not Liszt. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Word started to get out about Brown and her supernatural talent. According to Parrott, the first professional assessment of her growing body of posthumous pieces came from the Edinburgh music teacher Mary Firth. She was sufficiently convinced of its substance for her husband George to join another George, Sir George Trevelyan, in establishing a trust so that from 1968, Rosemary could pursue her musical quest rather than her then day job as a school dinner lady. Right, so they got her like a scholarship type thing to yeah. study yeah. and- So, she went full-time ghost musician. <laughs> Whoa. According to Martin, this trust was supported by contributions from people who believed in the occult. I mean, it'd be weird if people that didn't believe would <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give her some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah go on. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. I feel sorry for her. So, I think the, the mainstream of music were obviously very sceptical of what she was up to, but there, it was it was quite a big thing, spiritualism back then, apparently. And also, I think, called New Age, the New Age something or other, which was sort of connected. They believed that- uh, the world was going to be all peace and love soon because of the new spiritual age that was coming. I've, I'll paraphrase a little bit there, <laughs> but I think that's kind of what they believed. Hmm. But, yes, yeah, she's now just doing this full time. Uh, the following year, Brown was interviewed on BBC TV, uh, during which they asked her if she could demonstrate how the process worked. Okay. So, this is all on film. And she reflected on this in a 1976 documentary, which you can see on YouTube, which will be linked in the show notes, called Music from the Beyond, <laughs> which I thought maybe is, might be the name of this episode. I'm not sure yet. Love it. I'll get your help from with that later. I love it. <laughs> Why am I saying that now? So, this is what she said on that documentary of, of her time on the BBC. That was a very notable occasion when the BBC here in London asked me if I would try to work with one of the composers while they were watching and recording. So, I sent a sort of mental request out to composers to say, if any of them wanted to come and work, would they please come? So, we sat in the room of my house with a tape recorder and I didn't know who would come or if anybody would come at all. But then I saw that List was there and he said he had a piece of music to try to transmit to me. She then explained quite a lot of detail how he gave her the instructions bit by bit and she wrote it all down. So, and she was like, oh, this is confusing. Different time signatures for different hands and all these sort of things. And she's like, this looks like a bit of a mess. She continued saying, I began to get very worried about it. I thought it could be total nonsense. 
It could be a terrible sounding piece of music. So, I said to the BBC, would you mind if I try to play what I have so far because I want to know what it sounds like. And, of course, I couldn't play it. I couldn't even read it, you know. But Jeffrey Skelton, who was with us, is a pianist. So, he sat down at the piano and looked through it and then he played it through and then he turned around very suddenly and said, Mrs. Brown, I think you've got something here. I think you've written the Smurfs thing. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh, and she said, I was relieved to know it was a good piece of music. Wow. List didn't give it a name at first. Uh, they continued working on it later. Uh, and when he finished it, he named it Grubelei. Grubelei. That's beautiful. It's a German word for, I think it sort of means f- feminine or something like that. Now, I don't think any of us are classical music experts. How do uh, you? The fact that you two have never heard a list probably <laughs> goes some way towards that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's possible because I'm saying the name wrong. Anyway, it's actually pronounced Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think you could possibly be pronouncing either of those words so wrong that we wouldn't have figured it out in context if we knew yeah. the same, you know? But I thought- um, like we did a few weeks ago on the Shags episode, we'll pause here and I'll play this piece of music, Grubelai, yeah. which was recorded for you two, and then we can come back and and and, and we can give your thoughts. Great. And maybe I'll play a, one of Liz's more famous pieces as well, so you can so we see if you recognise. Yeah, it. okay, that sounds fantastic. So yeah, what do you what do you think of that? Very dramatic. It was, wasn't it? And the the left and the right hand at times are doing completely different things. Right. That that. And then they sort of come together at points, but there's parts where they're playing their own things. Yeah, I don't understand that's how really people hard. can do that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Wow. So she wasn't that recording isn't her. She played some. She ends up making an album, and um, she plays some of the more basic ones. But she had to get a a, a more accomplished pianist to mm. play most of it. But she's written that down. Yeah, she's written wow. it down with instructions about the different times. Because I think, like, if we were all just to have a go at just writing down a piece of music- Yeah, no way. It wouldn't sound that- Absolutely not. Yeah. Like that. So- exactly. And she did that on camera in front of- Yeah. I mean, people- There are people who think she either is- imag- You know, she's imagining it. It's her subconscious or something. There's people who think she's just fake, fully faking it, and she does know music a bit better than she's saying, and there's other people who- just fully believe that uh, it's coming to her yeah. from the other side. It, but unlike the Shags who had never played instruments and barely had lessons and stuff, and you can hear that in a lot of their music, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Though, when I'm saying the two hands are doing very different things, it, it still goes together. Yeah. It still makes sense. That's um, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and- yeah, that uh, I mean, that piece has had a lot of praise from people who do know what they're talking about as well. But, yeah, in general, her stuff is mixed. And I'll talk about the reception a little bit later. But uh, before that, we're talking about List. The, mm. the thing he said was, I'm going to come back, not just come back, but I'm going to come back and make you famous. Yeah. And that BBC interview did start to bring her more attention and even the fame that List had predicted or promised led to her travelling around Europe and America, playing at venues such as the Queen Elizabeth Hall in London and the Town Hall in New York. Wow. According to Jeffries, she appeared on Oscar Peterson's TV program, as well as The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. What? And on that, apparently, one of the things that a lot of people quote is that during the interview, she explained to the audience that spirits had told her there is no sex in heaven. What's disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> They're really bored, and that's why they asked me to yeah. play some music yeah. for them. Like, 
If they could be fucking. They gotta pass the time yeah. somehow. <laughs> well, if that's the case, send us to hell. Am I right, boys? <laughs> yeah. Just gonna remember they're fucking in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird thing for me to sign you up for as well. You're like, no, I'm still gonna have it done. Nah, all three of us for a package deal. Let's go, boys. Orgies are white. We love to bang amongst the flames. So. I looked up the spelling of Lisp because you kept saying like, oh, maybe I'm mispronouncing it. Uh, and I, I have heard of Lisp because do you know the phrase Listomania? Yeah, the Phoenix the song. song. Yeah, yeah. Great song. <laughs> well, well, that's like, it's like the first thing. So, that's named after him. Oh. And I was listening to a podcast about oh, this recently, no actually. Kidding. So, Listomania, it was kind of like kind of like a Beatle mania of like, you know, the early 1800s where he put on these big concerts and he's like a quite good looking, charismatic showman, mm. put, like had the piano on the side so people could see what he was doing. Oh, One of the first yeah. people to do that. See his long white hair. And then people would yeah put on a show and like uh, people- Rushed the shows, wow. and there was this. That's what it was described as Listomania. So oh, that, there you go. That's one of the first, you know, manias paving the way for Beatlemania. Only a hundred and twenty-five years later. Yeah, okay. No kidding. Like, and he he didn't always have long white hair. He's a bit of a fox, though. Look at him, a bit oh, brooding yeah. and like. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, people said he was hot. He looks like yeah, like a if he, if that guy. This is the eighteen hundreds as well. He walks into a party. And he's like a cool musician. A couple of heads are turning. <laughs> okay. And they're mine and yours. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going, hubba, hubba, hubba. Hey, well, can I get you a drink? Can yeah. I get you anything? Please. He's treated as one of the world's first pop stars. Do you want wow. my hands to do anything in particular to you or with you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, just kidding. Just kidding. Or little am joke I? there. Or am I? Do you want to play piano or anything else? Anything else? <laughs> I'm up for it, but I'm joking as well if you think that's weird. <laughs> Apparently, Leonard Bernstein dined her at the Savoy and then played some of her transcriptions and was especially thrilled by her Rachmaninoff. Wow. As she gained this attention, she also attracted the inevitable skeptics who asked how she was able to communicate with these men. You know, they most of them don't speak English like- uh, Ludwig van Beethoven is a German. Mm. And she later explained Beethoven has obviously taken the trouble to learn English since he passed over. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Come on, guys. Think it through before I mean, you yeah, just like your question this, sounds silly. This yeah. baseless criticism. Yeah. I mean, if you're not allowed to have sex, think about how much more time in your life you've got now. Yeah. You don't have to go to work. And yeah. that takes up mostly you're your like, time. I'm yeah. having sex like 22 hours a day. If you take that out, I'd have time to learn like dozens of languages. Exactly. I reckon to me, I, I would have been like <laughs> their spirits. They can do anything. anything. Yeah. Or- you're, you're worried about the speaking different yeah. languages. Yeah. They're floating through space and time. They can go through yeah. a wall. I think they can handle English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you don't want to say anything about Dave saying he fucks 22 hours a day? Don't want- you happy to move on from that? Yeah, I mean, Let him get away with that Matt, one? Matt knew that. Okay. Is Matt involved? No, but how many hours are you on a day at the moment, Matt? You're weaning yourself off at the moment, aren't I'm you? I'm weaning myself. I'm down to 23. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get more done in your life. I'm early in the process. <laughs> I'm tired all the time. <laughs> Trying to wean up. Yeah. <laughs> wean up. <laughs> it's pretty much all callous down there. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, you can't argue with that logic anyway. Beethoven, she said, you know, the ones that didn't speak English before, they've learned English He's since. been dead a long time. Yeah. Okay? okay. He's learned some languages. Come on. Or you can just say, we speak the only true international language, music. Yes. yes. Or he also speaks Arabic, but you're not questioning me about that. Yeah. yeah. Huh? It's like in The Good Place. 
They mm. were all from different places. They all could understand each other. It's just- the, You hear each other in your language. That's nice. Yeah, you just write back with a link to the good place. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, how about this? How about this? Watch uh, a few seasons of this, okay? That'll answer a few questions. Yes. <laughs> also, it's just a delightful show. It's quite funny. Okay, it's just a nice- It's a good place to be. Yeah. You might want to just chill the F out. She also passed on a lot of quirky details from the other side. Ooh. As Martin wrote, she described the various composers in often humorous detail. Beethoven, she said, was no longer deaf and had lost that crabby look in her words. <laughs> Cop that, Beethoven. So, what's he look like now? Oh. Less crab-like. Less crab-like. Less crab-like right. and he can hear. He doesn't have the- uh, <laughs> Pincers. The pincers. <laughs> it makes piano easier. Much yeah. easier. Uh, Debussy uh, wore very bizarre clothes, apparently, and was a hippie type. And Chopin kept screaming something in French. It turned out to be a warning that her bathtub was overflowing. <laughs> Le bath. What is he saying? <laughs> he, as he just so he speaks English. So they've all that time to. Yeah, but when you're panicking, you go back to your native yeah. tongue. Yeah, one day. I just mean, you're, you're one of these skeptics who are asking the wrong in questions. In an emergency, you're just going to bust out some French, are you? Yeah, you're going fluent so. yes. French. Je m'appelle Dave. Je m'appelle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> there's a fire. Je suis désolé. There's a fire. <laughs> She also talked about shopping with List and how he was interested in the price of bananas <laughs> and watching television with Chopin, who was appalled by what he saw. <laughs> so good. I got onto this story uh, reading a book by Dan Schreiber called The Theory of Everything Else, A Voyage into the World of the Weird. And there's a chapter on people who've like created stuff with the help of the other side, mm. which I- That's cool. Yeah, I really enjoy this book. It's very, it's it's just a, a lot of interesting things. So, I'm going to quote from that book now. He writes, Brown and the composers would often hang out and chat. List in particular was basically viewed as one of the family. According to Brown, they'd talk about current pop music, watch TV, and List would even help out with the kids' homework. There's an example of uh, her son, Thomas, going, Mom, I need help with this question. What's uh, one squared plus two squared plus three squared? And she cut him off and said, uh, List says it's 385. <laughs> and he wrote, he's like, all right. He didn't, I didn't even finish the question. He wrote it down and then the next day got the tick. Correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. Huh? If I'm dead, I'm spending none of my time doing homework, let alone other people's homework. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd like, figure it out yourself, kid. I can, but think about how much time you've got in the day and now you're not having sex. Think about yeah. it. You've got time True. for maths now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Finally. Finally, I could learn maths. But honestly, List, Thomas isn't going to learn if you just give him the exactly answer. Exactly right. Show him how to figure it out. Yeah. So, Take I was the pretty time. disappointed Sit there. down with the boy. Yes. <laughs> Sit down with your boy. Oh, yeah, come on, ghost man. <laughs> Sit down with the boy. Put your hands in his hands. Don't forget they are his own. <laughs> they are small. He's a child. That's true. <laughs> Trouble goes on to say he was also helpful with keeping her out of danger. Uh, List said to her at one point, be careful today. You're going to have three fires in the house. And she did. Three fires. <laughs> Which is a word. <laughs> That's too many. That's a lot of fires I'm, in your house. I'm getting to two and leaving the apartment. <laughs> yeah. I'm, st- I'm thinking List is setting these fires, I right? Think, I think List is like, he's got his own kind of, you know, <laughs> psychic abilities or something. Mm. Must be, I mean, imagine making the third call to the fire department for yeah. the day. Hey, it's <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's happened again. <laughs> you won't believe this. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're still at the front? No worries. Have you boys left yet? Fantastic. It's, it's happened again. So, I put, I'll put the kettle on for you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've started another fire. I was going to offer you some lunch, but I'm too scared to cook. I'll burn the toast. Now, see, um, 
Mrs. Brown, we've noticed the what we think is the problem. You're cooking everything with gasoline. Mm. And naked flames. Yeah, naked flames. That we don't. You don't need that for toast. <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's just such a funny. <laughs> it just to me, it sounds like List is creating problems just so he is <laughs> useful. He's useful to her. Well, yeah, he's he not be- fucking twenty four hours a day. Yeah, he can feel like a hero. That's how he's getting off yeah. by being told you did good. You did good, Listy. Oh man, the the blueness of his balls. <sighs> The deepest of blues. <laughs> Almost black. It's that blue. It's that, that yeah. blue that you're like, is this navy or black? Yeah. I can't tell. I need to find something else black to compare it to. <laughs> yeah. It's that. And then is the thing I'm comparing it to? Fuck, is this it other navy? ghost balls? Are they navy or black? Beethoven, he's been dead longer. Apparently, after a while, Liszt became so comfortable living uh, in the 60s, he even lost his Victorian clothing and started dressing in the fashion of the day. Changed his ghost fashion. Wow. Starts wearing like a Sergeant Pepper's uniform. (laughs) Yeah, very (laughs) modern. I'd be relieved by that because you know how in a lot of like ghost shows and stuff, they're kind of, they're always in the clothes they died in or whatever. Yeah. Let me update this a bit. He wore apparently what was called a, what's called a, a Cossack or something. It's like an old- Robe that a, right. a you know a Christian monk or something might have worn ah. it back in the day. So yeah, that is very ghosty. Yeah, anything look, flowy. Let oh, me update this. I'm gonna put on some skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that isn't that amazing that you can do that? Yeah, on the astral plane or especially wherever it is. if you like you died in something uncomfortable. Mm. Then I'd be like, fuck. Oh, oh. if you're trapped in it. Yeah. Or if you were buried in a tuxedo or something. Yeah. Like, this isn't oh. practical. No. Oh, that's an interesting point. We should be burying people. In clothes that are comfortable. Yeah. Snuggies. Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oodles. Oodles. Is that a thing? Oody. Oody. Oodies. Should be buried with your oodle. <laughs> Sorry, Humphrey. He's <laughs> <laughs> going down with me. Uh, so, she now had a huge collection of songs. List alone had given her around 200. And Whoa. so, it was time for Rosemary- to release an album. Of course it was. This is in 1970, and uh, she titled it A Musical Seance. Oh, that's good. I was going to say Songs in the Key of Ghosts. <laughs> oh, but A Musical good. Seance is way better. Songs <laughs> in the Key of Ghosts. It's, is just, really my, it's just my first, you yeah. know, about, no, no bad ideas. Music to Die For. Oh, oh that's, that's pretty good, good too. That's pretty good too. Music to Come Back to Life For. <laughs> That's clunky. That's It's okay. No bad ideas. No bad This is a brainstorming. Let's stick with the seance one. Yeah, yeah. seance is really great. (laughs) She went through all this before. Of course. We're just going through this for the first time. Gordon Schreiber, the album was released in 1970 by the record label Philips, whose other output (laughs) around that time includes David Bowie's Space Oddity. It wasn't some little Uh, unknown label. It's called Philip. Like Philip. Phillips. Oh, Phillips. I was hoping it was just called Philip. Like, like the massage place. <laughs> it made me think Near I, Comedy Republic. I immediately thought of Philip Massage here in Melbourne. In the CBD, if you want a massage, go see the good people at Philip. Philip. <laughs> what? I don't understand. What were they thinking? Philip Massage. I don't I don't know how legit that one is, to be honest. Okay. I'm not- I'm just- I Money laundering or sexy stuff? I don't doubt- I think they're laundering. Like, I don't doubt stuff. the good people at Philip. No, Philip. I'm sure it's very above board at Philip <laughs> Massage. Absolutely. But that is the funniest name so for business, funny. I think Philip. there is. Philip. But this is Philip's. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Philip's records is still pretty funny yeah. too. Philip's. Yes. But they did, they did uh, you know, pretty early Bowie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Space Odyssey, one of the big ones, and uh, a lot of Elton John's US singles as well. 
the album contains a collection of classical pieces by a number of different composers, including eight works by Liszt, three by Chopin, and one each by Beethoven, Schubert, Brahms, Debussy, Grieg, and Schumann. <laughs> Jess is uh, just pausing the podcast. She's looked up Philip Massage on on uh, Google, <laughs> and there is an image of their logo, and it's it funny. is funny. It is funny. I want people visiting Melbourne to start getting photos out the front of Philip. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable request. <laughs> it's a pilgrimage to <laughs> Philip. That's right. If you come, if you go into town to see a show at Comedy Republic, it's just around the oh, corner. Oh, it's so close. So if you're going up to you know to uh, the Broadway of Melbourne up near the, it's not far from the theatres either. Yeah, what do we call that? London's got the West End. New cool. York's got Broadway. And we've got Philip. <laughs> we're we're the Philip District. <laughs> <laughs> what street what is street is that? It's funny that we don't have a name for it, like It's on Russell. Yeah, that's Russell. on Russell and they're a bit further down. Maybe well, they're maybe one up on exhibition, aren't they? No, they're on Russell. Are they? Yep. Um, I thought like the comedy theatre and It's on one sixty two Russell Street. Philip? Yes. Philip, but what about the, oh. like, Her Majesty's Theatre and oh, those I see. sorts of comedy theatre? I mean, I spent a lot of time there, obviously. <laughs> I was waiting for your apology because I thought you were talking about the well, whole time. So, I was like, no, I'm right, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And it wasn't worth interrupting and I apologise, Matt. No, absolutely was worth interrupting. <laughs> but so, she's putting out this compilation, which, yeah. like, imagining the ad for it on TV, the feel-good hit of the 1970s <laughs> featuring Chopin. Yeah, Brahms. that's right. So, and the the guy who um, performed most of the album, Peter Caton, was a musician known for his interpretations of the music Chopin wrote while he was still alive. Oh, so like she was working with legit musicians as well. Yeah, um, and then they're playing, and then she's like, "No, no, sorry, the ghost said that wasn't quite right." Yeah, can you do that again? And they're like, "Fuck!" Oh my god! In the middle of the album. Uh, which you can listen to on the regular streaming services online. There's a commentary track by Brown as well. <laughs> What's it say? I love that. Well, as Schreiber explains, out of nowhere, you get a six-minute-long commentary track in which Brown takes you through the songs and explains how she collaborated with the musicians on them, saying stuff like, Chopin isn't at all what I thought he would be. He's not melancholy at all. He makes jokes and he's lighthearted. Schubert, Schubert is lovely too. He communicates smoothly and quietly. He alters music just after he's given it. He'll edit. All the other composers seem to have them prepared, but he is writing as he goes. Wow. This is improv. Yeah, I love that. Do you want to just have another quick pause now and I'll play some of this commentary track? Yeah. And if people uh, listening at home want to check it out, it's called Commentary by Rosemary Brown. It's track 10 on the album. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's- um, Wow. It's all like the, she talks about. Very matter-of-factly and- mm. Yeah, like it all happened and, uh, you know, like she describes what the process yeah. was. And so some, f- some people think she's just flat out making it up. But that wouldn't it be what- Like, it, I don't know. It's just- uh, It's just an- I just find it very it, interesting. If she's making it all up, she's playing it very cool. You would mm. think people would sort of embellish more or really perform it. She's just sort of like, yeah, that's how it happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I guess that- And that's- I think- Apparently, this was quite a big thing. People would say where she's not the only person who's ever said this has happened. Mm-hmm. But normally, they would um, just be improvising, basically going, they're playing the music through me right now. But she was rare in the fact that they were, like, dictating it to her and stuff, and she's writing it down. And, and then she said she had to basically wait to be taught how to play it. Yeah, yeah, which is very interesting. And I think as well, 
I mean, maybe surely there would be people who are experts in that particular composer who'd be able to like listen or read this music and be like, well, that is sort of their style. Or, yes. yes. Like, how would she know the style if she's not a professional musician? Yeah. yeah that's what, which is exactly what people who believe they use those kind of arguments because mm. people have looked into it. They'll say like the quality varies quite a lot. And that's what people who uh, believe and don't believe say, which would make sense, you know. Like it's not like they've only they've never written dud songs. Yeah. Even the greats would, you know, they're just banging out stuff. You know, if you did take it at face value, yes, right. But also, like, is there varying genre that she's she writes? Yes, it doesn't is. all sound the same. No, that the genres do vary, and um, or or the styles vary. Yeah, uh, and some will say that um, it's like she's just sort of taken their music and done a pastiche of it, you know, like- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would mean that she's sort of been lying about how much she knows about the music and that sort of stuff as well, which is possible. She could just quietly have studied them all. and um, But others think that she's just done it subconsciously, like she mm. doesn't realise she's done that. But Wow. I find it a very fascinating anyway. Yeah. I can't believe in it, but I just I like the idea of it. I, I, I don't, don't think it's fun just to hear about totally. it. Totally. Anyway. I don't necessarily think I, I'm a full believer, but in a, in a situation like this, she's not hurting anybody. I don't really like it when people are- uh, I, I, Yeah, when people are using uh, these sorts of abilities to take advantage of others, mm. I think that's awful. But, like, if you've got- you know, it's it's often like older relatives that are going to see mediums and stuff like that. And if it brings them comfort, what harm's it doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as it's not causing you anybody else any harm. Yeah, like I don't like it when they give like false hope, like, oh, you've lost your son, I will find them or whatever, like that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's just sort of like, you know, um, your parents have been gone a long time, your dad says he likes this and it brings somebody comfort for a moment. Oh. I don't I have an issue with that. And your dad's also saying that. He wants you to give me some of his inheritance. But, I mean, I, oh, I, uh, sorry, let me speak to your father. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> Sir, please, you insist? <laughs> that I don't like. That's the only way you can pass over into heaven. Oh, my goodness. You this know, is, there's no sex up there. This is so awkward. He's fine with that. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like that. But um, in situations like this, I don't think she's harming anybody. I think it's a pretty cool. Yeah, I, no, I, I love this story. Mm. Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI 
Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So the question, we've kind of talked about it, but was it any good? Well, it's had pretty mixed reviews. I mean, the the song we played before, uh, Grubalai. Yeah. Uh, you both seemed to think it was pretty good, but like I say, no. Expert. What do we know exactly? I could listen to any sort of classical music and I think often it's, I'm like, oh, this is very nice. Yeah. yeah. So, you could tell me it's great and I'd go, good. Yeah. And you yeah. say, terrible. That's it. I just, agree. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. never played a piano in their life. Yes. yes. I can <laughs> they hear haven't. That. I can hear it. They yeah, have 100%. Not. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's same as like art. People are like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it is. Or they're like, what a piece of shit. I'm like, I agree. Yeah. I have no idea. I tend to just be like, I like the colours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very realistic picture. I love how big it is. I like how colourful it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Matt loves the big one. He likes big and colourful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what art is to me. Agreed. The bigger, the better. Yep. <laughs> Size matters mm-hmm. in art. <laughs> I think you just need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do it like I've got my text on the computer right now. It's the yeah. same with art. Yeah. yeah. Can we make the font yeah, of this bigger? bigger? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, got pretty mixed reviews and even the ones who were favourable would point out that a lot of the tracks aren't too good, like our mate Parrot, who w- was a staunch believer in her. And also a composer. Also a musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a musician. So, and he, when he met her, like, it wasn't like he always believed, but he always, he believed in that kind of world a bit. Yeah. He listened and he, he was he's right into it, you know. And he, this is he wrote her obituary for The Guardian. That's what I've been reading out mm-hmm. from his quotes. He wrote, even if some of the other pieces from composers, including Chopin, Schubert, Debussy, and Rachmaninoff are lightweight, the 1969 item called Grubelai, the one that we mm-hmm. listened to before and that was partly written with the BBC interview, is undoubtedly a most spectacular and unusual piece. It has strong harmonies and cross rhythms. The composer and list specialist Humphrey Searle said, we must be grateful to Mrs. Brown for making it available to us. Wow. And that, yeah, Humphrey Searle's like a like a like one of the list gurus. You yeah. Know? He's still got listomania he's, all yeah, these years later. He's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, Searle also published an essay noting the similarity of Mrs. Brown's list pieces with his later official compositions. Some skeptics and musicologists who aren't into it were like, yeah, it sounds like them, but this they didn't play music that just sounded like what they'd already done. They were always, you know. Yeah. Um, Changing and adapting and growing and. But so their argument there is if it doesn't sound like them, it's them. And yeah, uh, where's the evolution? And others are arguing uh, it doesn't sound like them, it's not them. Yeah, like you can't win there. No. <laughs> You're like, now that sounds like him. Pretty sure it's not him. Same people who are like, I don't like the Arctic Monkeys anymore. They should have stuck to their old stuff. It's like, yeah, they've been around for a very long time. Yeah, and they those albums are still there. Yeah, you can still listen to them. And um, they can't possibly just do the same thing forever or they'll die. Mm, so They're like sharks in that way. they got to keep moving. <laughs> the Arctic Monkeys got to keep moving. I uh, guess a shark is like an Arctic Monkey. Oh, my God. An underwater, underwater Arctic Monkey? Wow. Oh, my God. You're right. Makes you think. That does make you think. (laughs) That makes you think, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Uh, While Leonard Bernstein was into the piece by Rachmaninoff, as I mentioned before, apparently he didn't have a lot of time for much of the rest. According to Martin, 
Andre Previn, then conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra, said that if the newfound compositions were genuine, they would be best have been left on the shelf. Oh, okay. That's nasty. That's catty. Meow. And, and is she just composing just piano parts? You know how, like, you know, they would do all yeah. the whole orchestra, that kind of thing. I think it's just the piano. It's just the piano, piano parts. Piano and part. she's like, yeah, you feel it. If you want to play it with a philharmonic, just fill in the rest. Yeah, yeah. What are you, a philharmonic? Isn't that what you do? Okay. Philharmonic, fill in the rest, mm-hmm. okay? Philip massage. Phil it out. Phil <laughs> <laughs> <Phil> massage. <laughs> If we could get a sponsorship going, oh I would my be so God. stoked. But they, they only pay in massage. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Hey, we'll, we'll accept. But I'm only accepting it if it's from Philip himself. <laughs> the British composer Richard Rodney Bennett, who did the music for films such as Four Weddings and a Funeral <gasps> and The Brinks Job, which was an episode we did not too long ago, one of the film ad- adaptations of that story. <gasps> And he did a bunch of other movies as well as- But you said for weddings and funeral, right? Yes. That's probably the most famous one. That's like my all-time fave. All right. There you go. Wow. Love that movie. So, he did all that and he was entirely convinced. This is according to Martin. At least at the time, he said that when he was having trouble with the composition of his own, Mrs. Brown passed along Debussy's recommendation and it worked. It was like real specific stuff like putting staccato in certain areas and, and he said- if she is a fake, she's a brilliant one and must have had years of training. This is what he said to Time magazine. Some of the music is awful, but some is marvellous. I couldn't have faked the Beethoven myself. Wow. wow. I, I must say it was good enough for Debussy. Yeah. It's good enough for me. Debussy is one of the great names. <laughs> good <enough> for- <laughs> Put your whole Debussy into it. <laughs> Heaven, no Debussy. But I also like how- Everyone seems to have a different one that they're like, this one's brilliant. All yeah. these different people who are experts are mm. like, there's one saying that list piece is is brilliant. He's saying the Beethoven one is. Uh, Bernstein said the uh, Rachmaninoff one was. It's, almost, it's coming across like music is subjective, which mm. is crazy. Mm. <laughs> wow. As mentioned, Ian Parrott. It's another big believer, as Jeffries wrote. Parrot believed she wasn't clever enough to fake what she- cre- oh, Come on, Parrot. <laughs> to fake what she transcribed. She's like, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> You're so on side. That's your defense of her. She's an idiot. Have you seen her? He became friends with her too. Have this- you spoken to this woman? Not much happening upstairs, <laughs> let me tell you. This is what he wrote in her obituary. In my view, the limitations of her training left her unfettered by too much formal apparatus and so better placed to receive music from others, which we were sort of talking about before. List apparently told Brown as much. She related him telling her, quote, a musical background would have caused you to acquire too many ideas and theories of your own. These would have been an impediment to us. So, that's what List told Brown. Right. We wanted a blank canvas. Yeah. We wanted a bit of an idiot. Yes. A sweet idiot. (laughs) She, her fingers could work a, a piano in a beginner's way, but he'd he'd make them dance <laughs> across those beautiful keys. <laughs> That's nice. Back to Jeffries. Here's another theory. Musicologist Dennis Matthews, writing in The Listener in 1969, suggested that maybe Brown was too clever to be detected by Parrot's musicological radar. <laughs> Perhaps she- I love that sort of little backhander. Yeah, Parrot- He's the idiot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're all pointing fingers at each other. Perhaps she soft-pedaled her musical training and in reality composed pastiches of dead white men's music rather than passively channeling their posthumous compositions. So, that that was his theory was she actually- Was very good. She was very good, didn't let on and and 
and just sort of put together these reworkings, basically, of stuff they already did. Jeffries continues, as for Rosemary Brown's music, questions remain. If she really was a fraud who actually composed all these works herself, why did she not write her own music? If only there was some way we could contact her from the other side to get these answers. <laughs> Very funny stuff from Jeffries. But she's not coming down. She's not working through other people. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Well, I guess she her skill was being the medium on this side. Mm. But so you'd think she'd be able to find someone to work through. If they've found her, yeah. Who mm. knows? Maybe she's like, um, I just want a break. I'm just going to enjoy heaven for a bit. Mm. Yeah. Maybe she found the fuck room in hell. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck room in hell? In it's hell. all a fuck room, Yeah, right? yeah it's one. <laughs> oh, sounds like hell. <laughs> sounds like my life. Which Your is life is hell. hell. Yeah. <laughs> I just want some sleep. Nah, can't have it. Gotta fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my parents listen to the podcast. This is a band of, yeah. Bit of a funny episode. There'll be people, new listeners coming in. Oh, lovely story about this. Classical music and a nice oh, lady. Dear. Oh, my I'm goodness. I'm turning this off. This is no good I think all. that's another possible title. Classical music and a nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> I think ghost musician would really get people's uh, attention. Music in the key of ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> there's talk about- is does the music have any merit? You know, no matter what what we know, we can never know what's real and what isn't. But does the music itself have merit? And apparently, Igor Toronier Lalik, the artistic director at the London Contemporary Music Festival, thinks Brown's music has value, whatever you think of the story, saying, The genius of these works is that they move music into conceptual art territory far ahead of anyone else in that the works emphasise and prioritise the context, the reception, the origin story, the nature of reality and time itself over the sound. Whenever we listen to a work, we are absorbing all this information, but composers and critics and musicologists pretend it's just about notes. She's the first to say it's so much more than just the notes. The fact that we don't know whether she did this consciously or not makes the work all the more intriguing and beguiling. Even if you think she's a fraud, he argues that, just at the level of improvisation, it's amazingly fluent and shows a level of skill mixed with mischief that is pretty inspiring and astonishing. I love a level of skill mixed with mischief. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great combo. And it is incredible that she could keep the improvisation up. Yeah. Keep the character up. Yeah. Totally. What do you think of his point there that it's like she's basically turned it into it's a story? And that's why, like, potentially if she just put all- if she is a fraud and she wrote all this music, maybe she would have had a bit of minor success. Mm -hmm. But this has given it a whole story. And yeah. A yeah. Which a lot of pop and rock stars do, don't they? Give themselves that that mysterious background. Yeah. She right. also didn't really push that hard. Like other people kind of heard her music and, and gave her that sort of grant to be able to keep doing it and- it sort of feels like she didn't seek a lot of this out. Yeah, that, that's the vibe I get as well. Which if she was doing it for the attention, for the money, for whatever, you'd think she'd be seeking it out a little more. But it kind of felt like people came to her and thought the story was interesting and wanted to interview her or, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't know. I tend to just sort of, in this case, I think I'm, I'm like, yeah, that was probably, you were probably channeling spirits. Some, yeah. That's cool. Totally. I love I'm it. I'm glad they weren't spooky and watching you in the shower and, and just helping you play some music. That's nice. And, but like, a lot of big musicians talk like that as well. Like, McCartney says he wrote 
I think yesterday or let it be. One of those songs just came to him in a dream. Yeah. And he felt like one of them, his mum was sort of mm. working through it. You know, people, whether that's your subconscious or whatever. Yeah. And we all have like instances where your intuition tells you something and, you know, you hear stories of people being like, I don't know, I just decided to take a different route that day and something happened or, you know, I could have been in this situation. You know, you hear stories like that and we don't really question them that much. I, uh, this does take that to another level, though. Totally. I, for decades, had conversations with these yes. dead men. Oh, in yeah, front, yeah. In front of a camera and who stuff Who played like that. my hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm quite, not saying it's, it's the same level. as just, like, having a gut feeling, <laughs> yeah. but, like, maybe some people are more tapped into it than others. It's and- more having a hand feeling. <laughs> That's right. And she also seemed to, like, befriend them. Like, she'd be watching TV with them yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing the kids' homework. I, again, I, like, I don't- You can pull it apart. I don't really care to, yeah. to do it because, again, she didn't harm anybody. And what's the point of shitting all over it? How does it change things? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, for the most part, if things aren't hurting anyone and she is happy, you know, like you probably could, it seems like it happened a lot more after a lot of people died in her life and maybe, she, you know, could have been loneliness manifesting itself. Yeah, or, who knows? I don't know, but I mean, it happened since she was quite young. Yeah. But- so, everything we've talked about so far, we're coming up to the end, but everything we've talked about so far was about musicians and composers who visit her, but apparently it wasn't just oh. people of music who visit her. Over the years, more and more people came. According to Jeffries, she claimed to have communed with spirits including Einstein, Shaw, Jung, and Bertrand Russell, which must have surprised the last one, as in his essay, Do We Survive Death?, Russell had concluded that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Can you- Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Can you do a few edits to that essay? Um, it, I reckon Einstein would be a handy one for the homework, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get the maths homework wrong and then you're like, no, no, I think you're fine. Yeah. yeah. My kid was right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the teacher, like, all of a sudden is like, oh, my God. <laughs> they become world famous scientists. Uh, the list doesn't get any less impressive as it goes on. She also took up painting under the guidance of masters such as Vincent van Gogh or wow. Gogh or Gogh. Depending on uh, who Goch. you are. Goch. Samuel Palmer, William Blake, and J.M.W. Turner. She was also visited by Shakespeare and St. Paul. Oh, my God. And what, what, are the paintings pretty good or what are we Well, uh, I would have no idea. They look fine to me, but <laughs> the, one of the guys who was writing about it was like, they, they look pretty ordinary to them. But he came across as a knob to me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right, snooty man. It's in an obituary, mate. Why are you yeah, why are you backing out of paintings <laughs> the week she died? Let's save the criticism. <laughs> so I don't know. Weird. It was a bit uh, This no. wasn't parrot, by the way. No, it would never be parrot. I oh mean, my god. I live and die by parrot. Yeah. It was that dog, uh Douglas, whatever his name. Fuck Douglas you, Martin. Fuck you, Douglas. What a dog. More like art shittick instead of critic. Thank you. Oh that's a high five. According to Schreiber, she wrote poetry dictated to her by Emily Bronte, William Blake, and Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Sound that right, Dave? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Honestly, uh, these people need to chill the fuck out. You're dead. I, Your time for creating stuff is over. Just relax. It, isn't it wild? She was prolific. Yeah. Like, she was doing all sorts of different arts. 
And Craft. And Craft. Wow, really? Yeah. Craft as well. She also transcribed two new plays by George Bernard Shaw. Wow. One of which, Caesar's Revenge, was performed at the 1978 Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, that's sick. Isn't that sick? Wow. Caesar's Revenge. Sadly, of course, all good things must come to an end. And Rosemary passed away in London on the 16th of November 2001 at the age of 85. Wow. Good innings. Yeah. 2001? Yeah. 2001? She was alive this not that long ago. This was in the past in my mind. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. Is, this was ancient. We had- I crossed over with a woman who was crossing over. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, but isn't, isn't it amazing? She wrote multiple plays. I mean, if she was doing this all herself, even if they're bad- What a work ethic. You know? Yeah, you know? good on her. She's created a lot of and stuff. And, like, self-motivated? That's tough. Mm. That's tough to do. Single I need mother, a deadline. couple of kids. Yeah. She's busy. She can do it all. Her legacy does live on. Brown was the subject of a BBC Radio 4 drama, The Lambeth Waltz, in 2017. And in 2019, a selection of the piano music she transcribed by Rachmaninoff, Beethoven and Liszt was performed by pianist Siwan Reese during the London Contemporary Music Festival. Wow. Uh, to finish up, Schreiber suggests Brown's journey was perhaps best summed up by respected composer Sir Donald Tovey, who provided a blurb for her album, A Musical Seance Writing. There are always those who scoff at that which they cannot or will not understand, and the threat of these Philistines may induce hesitation in some people to place before the world new or unusual ideas and experiences. Those who are most likely to block progress in your world are the inveterate skeptics who fondly assume that their immovable intellectualism denotes an ingenious and infallible judgment. Well, I, I like that paragraph. And Tovey, who wrote these words, did so 30 years after his death, as relayed to Brown from the beyond. <laughs> <laughs> did she write her own blurb? No, no, she didn't. No, she, she didn't. Dictated it. Dictated it. It was dictated to her. Yes. <laughs> Defending herself. That's so good. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, Dave. Anyone who says that I'm an idiot is a philistine. Quote from this great genius. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna dispute what this genius said? No, I didn't think so. I would so. look like an idiot. Exactly. That is great stuff. I, so I I don't know. I just love this story, and that that is the story of Rosemary Brown and music in the key of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, uh, where we thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. The first thing we like to do, well, firstly, tell you, if you want to get involved, go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. And you can sign up on a bunch of different levels. There's all sorts of stuff. You get three bonus episodes a month at certain levels. You get to vote on topics. Uh, you get to go into the nicest corner of the internet, our Facebook group, and uh, many other things, including the fact, quote, or question section. If you sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level or above- you get to give us a fact quote or a question or a brag or a suggestion or anything else, really. And I think this section actually has a jingle. Fact quote or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. She always remembers the jingle. Actually, and do you know, that music just came to me <laughs> from, from one of the greats. Widget, the world watcher. <laughs> uh, featuring Debussy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ding. Uh, That's a Debussy ding. And the people who give us a fact quote or a question also get to give us a title or give themselves a title, should I say. And I read them out for the first time on the episode. That's really just me preparing you for me 
to mispronounce things. Uh, the first one this week comes from Blake Pilkington, aka artist formerly known as Pilky, 1998. Ooh, <laughs> Pilky. Uh, and Pilky, Pilky Pilkington, uh, has a question writing, is there any artists that you would recommend to anyone looking for new music? For me, I recommend The Ratons or The Claws to anyone looking for new music. Thank you, Pilkey. <laughs> that was <laughs> so nice. Love it. Thank you, Pilkey. The Ratons or The Claws? Or The Claws. Okay. C-L-A-U-S-E. Right. Oh. Cop that cause. <laughs> well, I'd recommend the music of Rosemary Brown, a musical yeah. seance available to stream online. And it's surprisingly very low numbers on Spotify, like- uh, Grubble Eyes only had just over 3,000 plays. Really? Let's yeah. bump that up, everyone. Let's give it a go. Yeah. What else, What have you been listening? I mean, I've been loving the new Friends of Rome album lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe one of my favourite albums this year is Young Fathers, Heavy Heavy. The name of the album. But Jess, you're really the one to probably ask a well, question like this. We were just talking about oh, this before right. we started. Perfect. I, what, were you, what were you talking about? So, okay. I won't tell the whole backstory, but basically um, I was recommended to check out a song to play on radio last weekend. And it was by a band called Big Blood, who I'd never heard of before. And I listened to the song and I was like, well, this is automatically going to be on like one of my all time lists, you know, like I just loved it immediately. You loved it. I played it on air and lots of people really, really loved it as well. I got texts from people I know in real life. Kirsty Wiebeck messaged me and said, I loved that because she was listening. Um, So, Big Blood, the song is called A Thousand Times. I haven't listened to much else of Big Blood yet, but um, go go listen to that song. And they're from Maine. Yeah, they're like a family band. Family family band from Maine. And this is Big Blood on Spotify a thousand times, that would be it? Yep. It's only had like not even 5,000 streams. Like it's, yeah. I think they've got a bit of like a cult following. You're on at the ground level here, Bob. Love that. But they've been around for yonks. They've been around for ages, so- um, oh, yeah, it's 2008 album here. Yeah. Go check them out. Uh, anything from you, Dave, before we move on? Uh, what have I been listening to as I scroll through here? I loved uh, Lexus on Fire's latest album, which did come out uh, last year, but I didn't get into it straight away. But after a few plays, it's fantastic. You've been listening to the Frenzel album? No, I haven't listened to that new one yet. The Cup of Pestilence. Ooh, <laughs> it's really like great. It sounds really very fun. much up my alley. Yeah, I think you would enjoy it very much. Also been enjoying Pigs, 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 uh, their album Land of Sleeper. How many pigs were you talking there? Seven pigs. Seven pigs. Um, but yeah, uh, great question, Blake. We could bang on about that all day. But- Usually I couldn't. So I, I'm glad that it's hit at this exact time where I had something I was excited about. Thank you for that question, Pilkey. The next one comes from Amy Clark, aka Brigadier General, forgettable name. <laughs> And uh, the Brigadier General's question is, forgot her name, genuine thanks again to Matt for not remembering my name when mentioning the wintertime photos I enjoy sharing on the Facebook group on the Gnome Serum Run episode. Without you, I never would have risen to the heights of Brigadier General. (laughs) (laughs) My question today is what skill or talent do you gamify your day with or take an odd pleasure in? that maybe others poke fun at you for. I'm good at packing and organising, so I gamify my day by playing a little game like Dishwasher Tetris, where I always get the high score and my partner enjoys making fun of me for my little weirdsy point of pride. <laughs> I always get the high score. I hope always you've all recovered me. from Melbourne Comedy Festival by the time this is read out. I'm really hoping to make the trip to be there next year. 
Oh, thank you so much, Brigadier General Amy Clark. I do love your wintertime photos. She's just out the front doorstep. It's just all white. Oh, cool. Unbelievable, so isn't yeah. it? Unbelievable. Lovely photos. Love them. You feel like someone, Dave, that would gamify things. Uh, definitely count the steps. Oh, yep. yeah. That's a that's gamify. Definitely. Uh, I don't know if I'd heard the term gamify before. I love it. Mm, I'm into it. What else would I- I definitely yeah. do. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. It's, just, it's a tricky one. I'm sure there's other things I do as well. What about when you're sending out mail? Do you count the amount of envelopes? You uh, Yeah, uh, the stamps. Yeah, the stamp and I also- And uh, then I count how many I do in an hour and then try and beat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this one time I was trapped uh, under a pile of newspapers in a garage and yeah. I had a, a basketball in there. And to pass the time, I counted how many times I could bounce in an hour mm. and then I'd try and beat it. Yeah. <laughs> you are the real life Skinner for sure. <laughs> <The real Skinner. laughs> Great question, Amy. I I also I'm not sure if I can come up with anything. Mm. It'd be putting out the washing or something. I'm gonna, I will next time. Oh, I've been getting into um as well as doing my French lessons. I'm now doing Duolingo on oh, my yep. phone, and it loves telling you how many days in a row you've done it. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a streak. Oh yeah, and it tells you, and that's very much yeah that. They yeah, try and gamify a learning language. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yep, absolutely. Call. I was into that for a while on a meditation app. They had similar things like that, and I've dropped way off that now. Yeah, I remember because it was starting to stress it, you out. Yeah, it was yeah. having the opposite effect. Oh, yeah. no, I haven't done my 15. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. What a funny thing. Because yeah. yeah. it does work. It does motivate you to, like, keep up the streak. You don't want to break it. I was there at 11.56 p.m. the other night. Yeah. I've got to. I've got to finish this exercise by midnight. Otherwise, my streak will be yeah. broken. Exactly. So you're and not I, taking any information. I'm in. firing through it. Going yep. whatever. Yep. 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 Uh huh. Uh, whatever. You oh, failed the level. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? That's a great question. I'm going to think about that. Uh, thank you very much, Amy. The next one comes from Angelo Del Gaduch, <laughs> aka Robert Terwilliger. Another Simpsons reference there. Sideshow. And Angelo or Robert Terwilliger's got a quote, which is, "And my axe." <laughs> And that quote's from Giblets. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Giblets, probably. And finally this week, uh, this one comes from A Secret uh, with a secret title. Oh. And they're writing in a complaint and promise. Well, fair enough that to keep it anonymous. Yeah. Because you Here know I'll come for you. Here we go. Writing, I'm drunk, he, he. <laughs> So, my question is, when are we getting another shit-faced Matt episode? I'm talking Julia Child levels of drunk. Is Matt a coward? Is that why we're not getting more drunk Matt episodes? Matt, if you do your next report, Julia Child drunk, I will give you $1,000. This is a promise. Yeah, but you've kept it anonymous, so how could we ever know? We can't hold you to account. Can't hold you to it. Well, I'll tell you. I got a message, a DM in the Patreon uh, group a few days later. That read, hey, Matt, just a heads up. I might have gotten very drunk and did a fat quote or question where I offered you a substantial amount of money for a drunk report. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand by that promise. Okay. Okay. I have a vague memory of it. And I said, gonna have to hold you to it. Sorry, mate. Sorry. We've got it in writing it's now. It's in writing. That's and you've a, admitted who you are that's now. That's a contract. Wow. I said, how much is it? A million? And he said, you'll need to find out. Okay. I know you found out it's and not a million. That's a thousand. And that man is Jordan Nassi. Jordan, I'm expecting the cash. Yeah. Are you Ch- drunk? Challenge accepted. Oh, no. I didn't do it. Oh. Would you get drunk for a thousand dollars? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could there have been a lower number? <laughs> well, yeah. Jordan. Could I have saved Jordan some cash there? Yeah, probably, possibly. Okay. But, Sorry, uh, Jordan. I mean, if we recorded it after my dad's birthday party. Oh. <gasps> 
during it. I think you're only just recovering. Yeah. I, yeah. Just trying to keep up with older fellas is- A mistake. It's a mistake. (laughs) Keeping up with older fellas. There's a, I mean, they- they, It's crazy to me there are people older than you. How is that possible? And and there's people that can drink more than you. Yeah. How is that possible? Well, I mean, I say older than me. My dad is younger than me, but- uh, (laughs) I'm a miracle. Anyway, thank you <laughs> to Jordan, Angelo, Amy, and Blake. Uh, the next thing we like to do is shout out to a few of our other great supporters. Bop, you normally come up with a little bit of a game to play based on their name. Yeah, we're naming their ghost album. Oh, yeah. We oh, came up with yeah. so many good ones, I think we could do more. And I've still got the horse name generator open if we need help. <laughs> so it's good to have the horse name generator handy. We can ghostify. You give us the name and we'll ghostify it. Great. And oh, turn try, it into try an and album. Make it a bit uh, beyond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit spooky. All right. If I can kick us off, I'd love to thank from North Perth in Western Australia, Claire McLean. I love that. Specific, but not very specific. Somewhere in North Perth. North, North Perth, Claire McLean. All of that is fun to say together. Claire McLean. Right, Jess, how are we looking on the horse name generator? Um, survive a dream. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't survive a dream. Oh. Because they're dead. How to survive a dream. Okay. That's good. I yeah, think. how to survive a dream. is a, That yeah. sounds like a Delta Goodrum album. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and that's a compliment. That's huge. I was going to say a huge compliment. <laughs> huge right compliment. There, absolutely. Nothing but the best. <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry, yes. Uh, next up for me, love to thank from Arlington in Virginia, Will Mulheron. What's Will Mulheron's album? Mouse Bonjour. Oh, <laughs> Mouse Bonjour and Goodbye. Because so, oh. can speak both languages in the afterlife. Bilingual. Yeah, bilingual. Well, they're probably multilingual, aren't they? They've got so much time up there. That's so good. They Mouse can good- speak both of the languages. <laughs> Mouse Bonjour. And goodbye. Language to me is a binary. There's English and French. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. I've seen the Olympics. Uh, and finally from me, I'd love to thank from Canada in Ontario, Canada. It's Amanda Smart. Majestic secret. Oh, I mean, that is already mm. a majestic ghost secret. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Right there. God, it's easy. What a majestic secret of a ghost. Mm-hmm. No. What? No, first up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Trust your gut on the first one. That was great. All right. I'll fire some names at you now, Jess. I would like to thank from Portland in Oregon. It's Travis Adams. Uh, I'm just refreshing. Um, you are refreshing, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Hamlet Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> what about Hamlet is dead, comma, Jackpot? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> a bit of Shakespeare there. This. I love this. Uh, from uh, Provo in Utah. Give me two. It's a few names here. Lauren, Joe, and Griffin Gibb. Ah. The other three Gibbs. <laughs> Rush Hour Conquest. Rush Hour Conquest. Rush Hour, yeah. Rush. Like- uh- oh, I was like, Rush Hour Conquest of the Damned. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah, it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Sorry that uh, Dave damned you, Lauren yeah, John Griffin. And then there's like a picture of like traffic on the album cover, like gridlock. But then if you look closely, they're all skeletons. Whoa. And their band name, of course, is the CBs. The <laughs> siblings Gib. <laughs> the Siblings Gib. 
<laughs> Good on you, Lauren, Joe, and Griffin. And finally, from me, I'd like to thank from, unless you want me to keep going just because you've got the, the names there, yep. from uh, Lincoln in Great Britain, it's Hardy in brackets the cat, and then the surname is Matt Us. Zuski, Matazuski. Matazuski. Hardy the Cat Matazuski. Sorry, I had to, f- had to sound it out there. African Prince. Ooh. African Prince in heaven. Whoa. That's in brackets. African King. African Prince, prince. in heaven. Yeah. But we become a king. That's African right. Prince in heaven. African King. In uh, hell. In hell. It's like a like a double LP. You flip yes. it over. That's the yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. One's oh, that's all good. about bony. Yeah. <laughs> it is honestly, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> but the other side, not even a mention of it. Not a, not no. one. Which is nice. Actually, it's, it's refreshing. Nice. It is refreshing. To the- <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I'll keep going here, yes, Jesse. Please. You got the name there. From Austin in Texas. Let's thank Stay weird. Trent Napa. Tonto Tango. Oh, Tonto Tango with death. Oh, yeah. that's picture on great. the cover, like, you know, the little tango with death. Yeah. Yes. The, the like a rose in the mouth. Of a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tuxedo. Yeah. Rose in the mouth, but very much dead. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's actually badass. Can I get that tattooed? <laughs> yeah, please. Full, full back tat? Oh, yeah. yeah. Full back. I've got a great one coming. Okay. Right, I'd like to thank from Nas <laughs> in County Kildare in Ireland. It's Jean or Jean Temple. Galactic Bullet. <laughs> Whoa. Galactic if Bullet. If that's too full on, Bull- it could be Galactic Peppercorn. I like Galactic okay, Bullet. Galactic Bullet. Through the afterlife. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Taking on a journey. Mm. A bullet's journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eugene Temple. And finally, from from all of us, we would like to thank from Kensington here in Victoria, bringing it home. Big shout out and thank you to Myra Desmet. Myra Desmet. Myra Desmet in French. Chocolate chip Cincinnati. (laughs) Chocolate chip Cincinnati uh, down the river of- of Piss. Piss. Down the river of river piss. River of piss. That's okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a slang term for the afterlife in some cultures. Of course. Yeah. River of piss. River of river piss. piss. I've just got to cross over the river of piss. Yes. I'm sorry, Dave. Do you think like that's obviously that's in hell? Ferryman takes you over the river yes, of piss. Yeah, that's and right. don't pay the ferryman. Never. As our mate Chris DeBerg once famously right. said. And when you're, in, when you're in hell, you can wear red. You can be a lady in red. You can do whatever mm, you like. That's right. And he also, of course, had long flowing hair oh. from his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> the best eyebrows in the biz. Oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to Myra, Jean, Jean, Trent, Hardy, Lauren, Joe, Griffin, Travis, Amanda, Will, and Claire. And the last thing we need to do is welcome some people into the Triptych Club. Dave, what is this about? This is our uh, Hall of Fame, our clubhouse for people that have been supporting us on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive levels. So, a couple of years back, they got their shout-out already. But to say thank you for for holding true and supporting the show for three consecutive years, we put them into our Hall of Fame, which is a Theatre of the Mind clubhouse, where basically, once you're in, you can never leave. You're a lifetime member. And why would you want to leave because we've got a bar in there we've got snacks we've got food we've got bands we've got chill out sections we've got uh, indoor foosball 
Outdoor foosball as well. We've yep. got everything. Indoor, Indoor outdoor foosball. Yeah, we call it all, it's got a retractable roof. All weather foosball. <laughs> uh, there's lots lots of fun things to do. Jess usually prefers, uh, prepares, I should say, a cocktail or some snacks, sometimes both. Yeah, and I'm not 100% sure what it's going to be this time, um, only because uh, I'm going to be just doing it fresh on the day. I'm not really planning anything because I'm actually going to be channeling the spirit of Julia Child. Well, so fantastic. I'm guessing it would be like a French influence. Yeah. But I'm really not sure. It's really, I'm just going to like hold a whisk in a bowl and let Julia's hands. <laughs> Take over. <laughs> oh my god! And quite honestly, thank God because if you've like whisked something for ages and your whole arm goes dead, I've so- got to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll of course. This one. It's a no from it's me. It's a no from me. So yeah, not really sure just yet, but I'm I'm thinking it'll be pretty bloody good. Yeah, and hopefully, if she's if she's thinking about it, she'll utilize a bit of rosemary. I think I would think so. Yeah. yeah. In a cocktail, peach and rosemary, oh delightful. God. That sounds fantastic. And Dave, you normally book a band. Oh yes, I normally do. <laughs> and I have been in contact with the afterlife. Oh my god! And we how? Have, uh, um, I've just got, I've got a gift. I haven't told you before because I thought you laughed me. Dave, you're not a medium. You're a small. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, hitting the stage, we've got uh, Chopin. What featuring Debussy? Oh, oh my god. god! We've got a Debussy headliner, which of course in French means. Um, so <laughs> if I Debussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I. this is how it normally works. I'm standing on the door. I've got the clipboard. I'm about to read the names. Mm-hmm. We got, what do we got? Seven lucky names here. That's right. So, seven people. And you're cheered on by the people that are already inside the club. And at the same time, uh, Jess is on stage hyping me up because I am your hype man. That's right. And, yeah, Jess is then hyping you and up. And I'm hype lady. <laughs> and he is hype man. <laughs> hype lady in red. Are you wearing red? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let me uh, begin from Pickerington in God's country, Ohio, in the United States. It's Stefan Armantrout. Look, I've got to tell you, I went fishing. Uh-huh. I went fishing for some cool people yep. and I've caught a big one. I've caught Stefan Armantrout. Yeah. yeah, we got it, mate. Woo! <laughs> From uh, Berkhamstead in Great Britain, it's Crumbly Biscuit. Whoa. Well, I felt, a, I felt like a real treat tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, you know, a biscuit that was too hard and yep. I thought, this is terrible. And I was about to give up on my life. On my life. <laughs> And I looked over and I saw, actually, here's Crumbly Biscuit, my favourite type of biscuit. Ooh, I like them chewy, but welcome, Crumbly. <laughs> From Amsterdam in the Netherlands, it's Jessica Klassen. She's all class. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And come on in. Woo! <laughs> From Malton in New Jersey, it's Carl Firth. More like style Firth. Have oh. you seen what Carl's wearing? He's snazzy. Oh, my God. Kyle in red. No. <laughs> From Auckland, New Zealand, it's Evan Lansdowne. More like Evan Touchdown. <laughs> Hands down, my favourite Evan. From wow. someone help me out with this one. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie in New York, it's William Jago. Jago, you are my favour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally from Glasgow in Scotland, it's Gareth Bryceland. You better Glasgow in. Welcome to Bryceland. More like uh, Spiceland. Make it. Make, make yourselves at home. Gareth, William, Evan, Cole, Jessica, Crumbly and Stefan. Get, get yourself a spot on the foos table. 
The foos- <laughs> yeah. This is a shortening for foosball table. Yeah. That's what I say. Yep. Uh, is there anything else we need to tell people just before we finish up? That if they want to suggest a topic, they can. There's a link in the show notes. You can also check out our website, which is dogoonpod.com. You can find info about live shows we have coming up um, and look at other episodes and look at pictures of us and go, wow. And if you're really interested in pictures, you can head over to uh, find us at dogoonpod across all socials. And the most important thing to remember is that we love you. Oh, that's Absolutely. from both of us. Yes. I'll, let's make we it. We love you. <laughs> that's not just from Jess. I said we. I know. No. <laughs> and then you said both of us. I know. So it's not from Dad. No. <laughs> he doesn't have any love to give. Well, me and Mozart also love you. He just told me to tell you that. Oh, wow. So okay. Thank you, Mozart. Hey, we'll be back next week with another episode as we edge towards 400. Jesus Christ. You've got time for edging still. (laughs) (laughs) I've got 22 hours. Hey, we'll be back next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.